Hey, everybody. This is Adam, host of this podcast. Wait, don't skip this. It's not an ad. I mean, it sort of is. But also, that ad is coming in the form of a whole entire bonus episode of Pretty Scary. You see, there's a thing we do for bonus content on the Pretty Scary Patreon and Supercast channels, where me and my co-host, Caitlin Cutt, recap classic episodes of possibly the greatest ghost hunting show of all time, Ghost Adventures. We're releasing this episode which is about what some argue is the best Ghost Adventures episode ever for the entire public to hear because I wanted to let you know about a new way to subscribe to Pretty Scary. You now have the option on both Patreon and Supercast to subscribe to Just Pretty Scary for just $4 per month. If you subscribed on Patreon before and didn't like that your feed was filled up with a bunch of other Unpops Network shows, well, for starters, rude, but also, I get it, and now you can avoid that. But what do you get for that $4 per month? So much! Not only do you get ad-free versions of all our public episodes, but you also get two bonus episodes each month, like the one you're about to listen to now. And we don't just do Ghost Adventures recaps for bonus content. You'll find a whole lot more that you haven't listened to yet also when you subscribe. And to sweeten the deal a little, along with those two bonus episodes of Pretty Scary... You get two monthly episodes of Celebra Tragic, a podcast that I host with Carrie Martin, who you might know from White Wine True Crime and, you know, this podcast. Celebra Tragic is a show about the life and death of some of history's most tragic celebrities. We used to dedicate each season to just one person, but we've changed up the format starting this season to be a little more like Pretty Scary in that we wrap up each story in just an episode or two. If you want to hear one of those new format episodes, head to anchor.fm slash celebratragic and check out our episode about the death of Dimebag Daryl. We released that one for free, but going forward, Celebratragic will be available exclusively to subscribers. So to recap, that's two bonus episodes of Pretty Scary, two subscriber-exclusive episodes of Celebratragic, and ad-free versions of all our public episodes, all for just $4 per month. Head to patreon.com slash unpops or unpopsnetwork.supercast.tech to subscribe now. And thanks. We love you. Let's get to the show. That's not what the bone con's about, is it, Adam? It's not about stuff you don't like. No, it's about stuff you like. We should get started. Hey, everybody, welcome to Pretty Scary. Pretty Scary Boo. Pretty Scary Boo, everybody. So excited. Hope I'm so excited to talk about this. This is one of the greatest decisions we've ever made. Easily. This is better than the Doll Island conversation. This is going to be pretty fun. We are talking about an episode of Ghost Adventures called Root 666, Caitlin. What do you think that means? I, I think it means the devil. I think it's, I think they're, got I think it. it's a play on Route 66. Oh, you know why I didn't get it? Because you know that? how sometimes you, sh- you we say bone con because it saves time? Oh, sure, sure, sure. They added a six in ex- extended time and that's why I didn't get it. Yeah, it it breaks everything. 
when you do it. It that broke way. it all, which makes sense for what we're about to discuss. Yeah, this was a two part episode that capped off the end of season 13 and doubled as that season's Halloween special. Fun side note, according to IMDb, this is the greatest Ghost Adventures episode of all time. I have a very important question at the very top of this discussion. Let's hear it. And we can revisit it several times as we progress through it. Why is this one episode? This is clearly two episodes of Ghost Adventures. Yeah. And on Hulu now, it's two episodes. Right. I don't know what they were thinking making this. I mean, this would have been a two-hour episode when it aired because you would have had... I mean, maybe they were like, here's two hours of Ghost Adventures, but I feel like every time I turn on Travel Channel, Ghost Adventures is on. Yeah, for like six <laughs> so hours. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the impact would be. Yeah, this was their Halloween special. So I guess that explains why it's so long, but it's still just two episodes thrown together. They both happen to take place in Texas, but... Yeah, I mean... Maybe that's what it is. Let's just give it to them. That's why. Two-parter because it's in Texas. Should we just give it? To, that's that's the thing? Yeah. that's those are, the, those are the ties that bind these ghost stories together. I want to say this. I don't have any motivation to lambast or defame Zach Bagans. Okay, I like the guy. But the second half of what is supposed to be this whole episode is astounding to me. The stuff that goes on and what he does, because in the first part that we're going to discuss, they actually capture something that's incredible. There's no, there's no other way to to describe it. I mean, they catch, they do catch something. It's the first time I've ever watched the show where I'm like, oh, they really, really got something. Yeah. I would say there's a couple moments in Yeah, there are throughout the series, but I feel like in this episode, yeah, we'll, we'll get to the moment. But the second leg of what this two-parter series is, is one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. It is. There should have been like circus music playing in the background during the second half of this episode. Yeah, I don't know what. Okay, we'll get there. All right. So you just you you lead us. Well, let's do let's do this, Adam. So the first half of these two episodes covers two locations, the DeSoto Hotel and Concordia Cemetery, which are in El Paso, Texas. This episode opens with a Bible verse, so you know it's important. Sure. This is that verse. Beware of the false prophet. Sorry. Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Matthew 7.15. I know that verse. I do too. It's on an episode of Ghost Adventures. That's good. There's this weird bit at the beginning of this episode where he talks about how El Paso, which is where this is all located, is a city in peril because right across the border, you can see it through the fence, is Juarez, Mexico, murder capital of the world. And he goes into all this detail about drug cartels and all the satanic shit they get up to, which they do. And tries to make it seem like that violence is just infecting El Paso. When the truth is, El Paso regularly tops the list of safest cities to live in among cities its size. Like, every year. Yeah, El Paso is like... Remember a long, long time ago that one lady died of E. coli because she ate a bad burger at uh, Jack in the Box? Long time ago. Yeah. Well, my mom then immediately decided that we were going to eat at Jack in the Box a lot more going forward. And the way she thought about it was... 
there's not going to be a safer fast food restaurant for us to eat at for the next decade than Jack in the Box because they're not this isn't happening again. They're not going to let somebody die of E. coli. And if you're living next to the murder capital of the world, you have more police presence <laughs> and and federal presence than maybe any other place in the United States. Oh, 100%. And also, let's not forget, like, all the major cities in the United States have neighborhoods themselves that are total bloodbaths every day, every week, every month, every year. I think Chicago, uh, amidst a pandemic, had one of the most deadly weekends it's had in, in a really long time. So to me, watching this, I realized something really important, Adam, when he was going on this kind of pontification of, you know, evil seeping in and all this stuff. I, I realized the draw of Zach Bagans. I figured it out. Let's hear it. He's like a youth group leader. I've never been involved in a youth group, so you might have to explain that. He is what so the thing about high school youth group leaders is they have to be cool in some way. They have to project some kind of weird superior aesthetic. And on top of that, they have to justify their uh, presence in this in, in ways over and over and over again. And in this specific episode, Zach Bagans really reminds me of like a flyover state, possibly Central California, maybe like a Riverside feel youth group leader, like the tap out wearing the tap out shirt wearing youth group leader with the, the crazy, strange, stiff, spiky hair. It all came together. I realized that's what it is. Yeah, he does have kind of that. that because feel. he has this like super macho kind of toxic <laughs> Uh, vibe, but then he gets into these like truly kind of like vulnerable topical places that are very like soft and and interesting. I think that's his draw. That's all I want to say. That that's that that's my thing. Yeah, I could see him leading a mega church for sure. Exactly. And a lot of the things that he says, no matter how many episodes of this show that I watch, I'm shocked that he's saying them. Yeah, he's he's one of those people who just out of the blue will occasionally say something really profound and you're like, oh, wow, he said that? Yeah. Or it's like if I suddenly started itemizing and and really clearly articulating the porn that I was into, nobody would expect me to do that. Nobody. That's it's the same thing. So this episode, like when he gets to the DeSoto Hotel, I had this sinking feeling that maybe it's America's favorite episode because it's also kind of diet racist. Totally. There's some problems here. Like he acts like the DeSoto Hotel is the single scariest place he's ever been because it's in a rough neighborhood. Like he actually says that when he's walking up the steps, he's like walking on the edge like he's trying to avoid the carpet or something. And he, he mentions that it's a really rough neighborhood. And what he means is a lot of poor people live there. Yeah, I mean, I think he's I think he's getting at that. But I I think that's the other youth groupy part of it that reminded me a little bit of my upbringing, because there is this like spiritualist assumption that where there is drugs and alcohol, there is demonic behavior, like demonic activity. So I think that's what he's going with in that moment. But it's but it's basically how people were tricking me into being racist. And I didn't know it at the time. <laughs> So. Yeah, they do in this part treat a lot of incidents that sound like just things that happen in 
really high poverty areas like they're somehow supernatural. They're like a guy freaked out and almost killed someone back in the 90s. Was he possessed by a demon? It's like you are at the DeSoto Hotel. I don't know. I think it's an interesting discussion because if you're Zach Bagans or you're a person who watches this show 100% invested in the concept of him interacting with multiple dimensions or some kind of supernatural experience where does that crossover like what kind of human behavior does invite that or attract that and if there is a lot of drug use or there is a lot of violence you could see something that's there or not there connected to the kind of energy that he was looking for right i'm not justifying it by the way i'm not i'm just saying like i understand how zach bacon thinks i guess is what i'm saying yeah, like I can I can see how he would connect the two, but like what he's missing is the same thing that people who think COVID-19 uh, is caused by 5G internet towers, which is that the thing Zach Baggins is describing is happening all around that hotel. It's not just. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's not the hotel. Yeah, it's not like they're in the, the burbs and then there's this just this one crazy like Cecil Hotel type place. In the middle of it. I mean, it does remind me of the Cecil Hotel. I thought about the oh, Cecil it does, Hotel yeah. on multiple occasions watching this and wishing that there was some kind of, you know, because there's even a Ramirez crossover with this. Right. So that's that's a thing. Yeah. And it's got that kind of vibe. Like it's it's a hotel that is mostly inhabited by transients and people who thought they were getting a good deal when they went on vacation and did not read the reviews. Yeah, and he's and you're from Canada. Now you're going to end up in a water cooler. <laughs> the hotel has been around since 1902, he says, correct? Something like that. Some turn of the yeah. century date. Yeah, it was in then whatever all- we were calling the aughts in the 1900s. This is such a dark time. It really was. This was a bad time to be alive. The early 1900s? Fuck that. Yeah, I don't want to be around at that point. I th- I mean, everything's haunted at that point, right? Like, nobody dies well. Oh, no. There's no, like, good, easy way out. Lots of child death. And now they're just getting bullied by newer and cooler ghosts who, like, saw things happen in the world. And they're, they're all in the astral plane. 23 skadoon. Shut up. Do you think newer ghosts make fun of older ghosts for being older? Like, do you think generational, like, conflicts just exist in the afterlife as well? They would have to. Like, of course, they're especially if it's any kind of malevolent afterlife, of course you're going to carry all that bullshit over. There's going to be Republicans and Democrats, every divide you can imagine. Yeah, you're not free of anything. You're just, in fact, it's just a concentrated re-experience of everything before it compounded with all the other generations you're stuck with. No, thank you. Yeah, your problems really don't matter to the rest of the world now. So they, they walk in and you're right. He's walking in and he's like treating it like there's just bed bugs everywhere. That's that's honestly the vibe he had. Like he's disgusted and creeped out by the sheer experience of walking into this hotel. He's wearing a fucking ventilator mask. I'm so glad you brought up the mask because <laughs> there's no conversation of like, you know how sometimes he's like, because this place is so haunted, I have to wear this garb or... I'm going to put this lock of hair underneath my hat because it belonged to an angel. (laughs) Sometimes he like helps us understand why he's making the decisions that he's making. But in this one, it's like he's walking in and then smash cut mask. He's wearing like a hazmat mask. And no one else is wearing one. That's the weirdest part. 
<laughs> Not even the woman who works there. Yeah, people who live there are like, can you imagine like if you're just like home, right? You're chilling and you're just like, yeah, I don't know. Like you're trying to get your life together. You're at the fucking Del Soto. Things are not clearly not going well. And then this guy who definitely smells like Axe body spray walks in wearing a mask that is clearly manufactured to keep him from dying of whatever he's breathing. Yeah. It's like he's just kind of grossed out by the place. Yeah. Like you can catch poverty or something <laughs> like he's just freaked out. Do you think he's like just never really interacted with poor people. Listen, I would pay money for a Zach Bagans flashback episode. Just, just tell me. I want to. I want a full recree of his origin story. <laughs> the full story, not like the beginning where he's like, "Since I've been a child, I've been experienced." No, I want to know. Like, did it start at a slumber party? Were you just like walking down the street and you saw an old man? And then like an hour later, you saw a picture of the same old man. You're like, oh, I saw him. And your neighbor's like, no, he's been dead for 30 years. I want to understand where it started for him. <laughs> yeah. There needs to be a Zach Baggins movie someday. Yeah. Because how do you go from person to I have to wear this mask because I might breathe ghosts? <laughs> Can you even catch ghosts that way? It's such a practical, like such a uh, obscenely practical tactic amidst what would be the paranormal. Like, what is he thinking he's breathing? <laughs> I thought this the whole time because no one else wears a mask. Nobody. And then he gets down there. And at one point, he's talking to the property manager at the DeSoto. Her name's Elizabeth. And he goes, Elizabeth, I'm getting extremely dizzy. And it's like you got a fucking Bane mask on your face, dude. It is a Bane mask. It's totally a Bane mask. Well... And what, okay, so the, the important thing is, is that there's like, I don't know, six stories to this hotel, but the most uh, haunted spot is apparently the basement. And he talks to several people and they all say, oh yeah, the basement, the basement, the basement, the basement. And so he pulls the property manager aside and is like, hey, uh, are you afraid of the basement? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, let's go. Just like <laughs> takes her to the basement. Just again, like a gratuitous smash cut between like, her being outside and fine, and then him forcing her to be in the basement. Yeah, and he, at one point, this local reverend shows up. In a cowboy hat. Well, specifically, <laughs> he looks like a host at Outback Steakhouse. Like, he does. specifically. Or at least the regional manager of an Outback Steakhouse. Zach calls him a priest, but his credit is spiritual advisor. <laughs> I just want to say that. And I want to know how I get that job, because... Technically, the only other spiritual advisor I've ever heard of is Tom Hanks from Angels and Demons and all those other movies. Oh, yeah, right. That's probably where he got it from. Yep, totally. He's like, oh, Dan Brown finally coined the phrase I've been looking for this whole time. He took the Dan Brown at home course. <laughs> now he's a spiritual advisor. I want to take that. I'd be really good at that. Oh, yeah, I'd be way... I'd 100% take that. We're going to hunt ghosts one day. And, you know, after COVID, there's just going to be ghosts everywhere. So it'll be fine. Yeah, it would be cool if ghosts, at least during the pandemic, would just come to us so we could hunt them from home. I'm beginning to think that we're going to end up in like a Ghostbusters 2 situation where, yeah, it's going to be like Postmates, but with ghosts. They're going to come to us. We're, gonna have to, we're not going to have to go to them. I'm sorry, Postmates, but with ghosts. I think you mean Ghostmates? I mean Ghostmates. I mean Ghostmates. Trademark that, Adam. <laughs> I'm already developing the app. 
<laughs> you can't see what I'm doing with my hands, but that's what I'm doing. I can I, I can see what Adam's doing because we're we're video, video conferencing and he's definitely coding right now while we're talking. <laughs> Ghostmates. Holy shit. There's a there's a really fun moment with this spiritual advisor where he talks about how at one point he found a pentagram on the floor and he says that's bad, which that's true because that's a truly unique piece of graffiti. Holy shit. I've never seen a pentagram sprayed anywhere. Yeah, but a pentagram makes nobody feel good. No, okay? of course like, not. If you're one of these twats that walks around with a pentagram <laughs> necklace, you're trying to freak people out. We get it. And now I like, so I, I, I experienced the freak out and then I'm circumvented and just annoyed by you as a person. But I'm going to be honest. If I walked into <laughs> the basement of a hotel that was housing a bunch of people that were transient and I walk in and there's a fucking pentagram on the ground, I am not going to feel good about that. Like, I don't care. No. That's not good. What I love, though, is he talks about all the details of this pentagram and he says this is proof that this hotel is truly evil. Then says people have reported feeling like they were having pebbles thrown at them. And I'm like, oh, shit, yeah, that is truly evil. Cursed pebbles. Well, the other thing I liked about the spiritual advisor is is he's like, you know, I saw this pentagram and it was really scary, but there was an infinity sign above it. And that's way worse. He says something like that. And then I saw that and it's way worse. (laughs) Like, that's it. I don't understand. Like, there's a pentagram which is like annoying. And then infinity sign, which as far as I know, is just something tragedy girls get tattooed on their ankle. Like, I don't know that which does scare me like existentially. But not literally. I don't see that. And then suddenly now we're dealing with pebbles. Weird. <laughs> it's a weird combination. It is all really weird. And even weirder, they just, in the middle of this conversation, sort of, just another smash cut, and now they're at Concordia Cemetery. Yep. I don't actually understand the connection. I think he just wanted to get the fuck out of that hotel. That one guy? No, Zach. <laughs> Oh, well, Zach, yeah, but Zach isn't, like, they have this one guy that is kind of doing, like, side experiments in these last two episodes, and I cannot remember his name. He looks like a Derek. Billy. They hate Billy. Billy always gets sent off by himself, because everyone hates Billy. That's right. Billy <laughs> Billy gets the worst jobs on Ghost Adventures. And they're like, hey, there's this cemetery that's also super haunted. P.S. Richard Ramirez used to sleep in this cemetery by a tree that like grew in some demonic way. I can't remember. It was like a pitchfork. Yeah, it was like a normal tree. But then like a week later, they come back to the cemetery and it's grown in some pitchfork fork form, which is really funny to me. Yeah, it was just music reviews. It was in the shape of yeah. a music review. <laughs> Yeah, but if you ever listen to Sunny Day Real Estate, no. <laughs> yeah, it's shaped like a 9.3. It's really weird. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, computer was just okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Billy gets sent to this cemetery. Well, before that, there's a really great quote from Zach where in an effort to tie the DeSoto Hotel and the Concordia Cemetery together, he says, was the man who tried to kill at the DeSoto Possessed by the same powerful energy as Richard Ramirez? What would have happened to me if I'd stayed longer within the circle whose dark power is still burning in the basement of the hotel? And I think the dark power he's talking about is poverty. (laughs) That's all I can think of. Okay, so when he's talking to the lady in the basement, he starts to have an experience with this woman down there. 
that he, of course, only talks about in hindsight. Then there's two transient, like, sort of transient dudes that talk about how they had a friend who lost his mind, who killed people, who started doing, like, weird Cirque du Soleil backbend shit. <laughs> you know, really, really leaning into, like, what Zach wanted to hear. And so, you know, he puts two and two together and is like, there's a demon. There's definitely a demon. Demon's definitely in this place. And then he finds out that Ramirez had stayed briefly at the Del Soto and at the and slept at the cemetery and then makes this leap of, oh, clearly the demon <laughs> that is in the basement possessed this one guy, almost got me, definitely got Ramirez. Ramirez decided to take a nap in a cemetery. Let's send Billy. That's what happens. <laughs> Hey, you want to be like me and make podcasts that everyone loves? Yeah, you do. But chances are, you don't want to spend a bunch of money doing it. No worries. A solution exists. Spotify's got a platform that lets you make podcasts super easy, then distribute those podcasts everywhere, and you can even earn money doing it. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Also, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. I'm speaking from experience when I say that all those additional features like video podcasts, Q&As, polls, those are things you won't find for cheap elsewhere. But with Spotify for Podcasters, it's all totally free, no catch. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Thanks. We love you. The investigation starts and Zach and Aaron and Jay, I finally, this is the episode where I learn all their names. They go to the DeSoto Hotel, and then this is the first instance where Billy just gets sent off to do his own thing in arguably the scariest section of everything, because they hate Billy. I'm telling you now. Making somebody spend the night in a cemetery by themselves, miles away from their friends, is fucked up. It really is. I would never ask anyone to do... I don't care if they're an atheist. I don't care if they say they're fine. I would never let somebody do that. No, no. And there's another weird moment where the three of them, when they get to the hotel, Zach makes a real point of sneaking in so none of the residents see him. And he keeps that thread going for about 30 seconds. And then they get in there and it smells like something died. And he immediately just pulls a random resident from off the street he was like, you smell that, bro? You smell that? Also, he's like one of the most conspicuous looking human beings I've ever seen in my whole life. Like there is no sneaking around if you're Zach Bagans. Like you could be at LAX and there'd be a sea of people and be like, who's that guy? Like it, you'd just be like, what is going on with that guy? Also, he knows that we know that there is a camera crew following him, right? <laughs> like that's going to be. Yeah, with like a huge like floodlight, like a hair light that is real bright, you know. 
like they're all loud and these people walk with their whole goddamn bodies you know it's like they're lurking and lunging and like like their arms are kind of hanging around at their side and they're moving around knocking stuff over these are not ballerinas these aren't gymnasts these are not agile men they're like that fucking bigfoot video (laughs) yes yes so billy goes alone to the cemetery and Of course, he brings a bunch of dolls with him because what's an episode of Ghost Adventures if they're not whipping a doll out of the satchel attached to their hand? He brings like six dolls in a satchel, three tea lights and a flashlight, and then his camera. It's the weirdest like kit. The basement of the hotel is pretty creepy, though. Okay, this is for all the bullshit I've given this episode. I'll put it all aside for what they capture in the basement because it's 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 pretty incredible. Yeah, for starters, there's a staircase that just goes to the ceiling. There's no, it doesn't go anywhere else. It's some Winchester shit. And Zach, when he sees it, goes, that staircase could be used by spirits in the astral plane. It's like, what? What are you talking about? Honestly, it makes some sense. <laughs> like, guess. why? Like, you have a staircase going to nowhere. Where is it going? It's a dumb thing to say out loud. But like, why do you have a staircase going to nowhere? Did they, did the ghosts build it though? I don't, I don't get it. No, the Satanists did. Adam. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Now it makes from sense. From Juarez. See, this is what you're not putting together. They come over from Juarez, they stay at the Del Soto Hotel, and they build staircases to nowhere, draw pentagrams with infinity signs. I'm going to be honest, I just feel stupid now. I mean, I didn't want you to feel stupid, but... Here we are. I can't... I got to give you the, the medicine. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't... <laughs> I got to be your friend here. They hear a howling noise at one point in the basement, and Zach responds by telling the ghost to go back to hell where it belongs. <laughs> I love when Zach yells at demons. Oh, yeah. Where's that super cut? It's got to exist, right? Zach Bagans yelling at ghosts. Oh, I would hope. The internet is not doing its job if there is not a supercut of Zach Bagans yelling at ghosts. Yeah, it's one of my favorite things. And then we get like a, a guest yelling at ghosts later in the episode. Yes, we do. It's pretty amazing. So Billy is at the cemetery. I love this whole sequence of events so much. I'm not going to interrupt you at all. I'm going to let you set it all up. First, he reads a prayer that in his own words, basically transfers ownership of the cemetery from the devil to God. And it's like, you can't just ask him to topple a headstone first or something. You got to go deep end right away. Well, I will say that is above the pay grade of any notary I've ever met. So (laughs) that's true. And almost immediately after doing this, he gets dive bombed by a crow, which is so ominous. That would be the scariest shit if a crow fucking dive bombed you after you just read a satanic prayer at a cemetery. It's a bad combo. It's a bad combo. (laughs) But that's not all. That's not all. That's not all. Next, he sees these three figures like walking off in the distance and he gets really fucking spooked. How spooked, Adam? So spooked, he calls the police. Thank God. (laughs) Praise be to Jesus. Are you fucking... I... Okay, okay, in his defense, when you look at what he captured, it does look scary. It's spooky looking. And I will also say that as a person now finally working in television, I know that he knows that he's the only person permitted to be there. Like, there's, you can't... Like, there's no one else permitted to be there. Right. 
I'm not saying it's impenetrable because if you look, if you look at the aerial shot they have of this cemetery, it looks like somebody took a football field at a high school, called it a cemetery, took all the fences down, and then maybe 40 feet away built a neighborhood. Yeah. There's no fence. Like, there's nothing, like, keeping people out. And the footage is weird looking. Because if it is people, it's three people the exact same height. Yeah. But also when he gets there, he says a thing that I found really interesting. When he first arrives at the cemetery, he goes, oh man, this is creepy. I'm right across the border. And after hearing him say that, and then he calls the police on these three figures. My first thought was, is this guy scared of ghosts or Mexicans? Mexican ghosts. (laughs) Yeah, Mexican ghosts. That's the easy answer. It is kind of an interesting metaphor that like this concept of crossing over and like there's this like psychological border between these two spaces. I don't know. I find that kind of interesting. Like as a comp lit major, I like themes. I do like a good theme, right? And this episode has a lot of themes as opposed to the next episode, which only has one theme, which is a name, but we're going to get there. (laughs) That fucking name. (laughs) We'll get there. One name. I don't know. I I mean, again, there is so many ways to look at this. And I do think that at the begin, at the end of the day, they are kind of dressing up their subconscious racism with supernatural behavior. (laughs) It feels that way. But I just I really like Zach Bagans. Like, I don't (laughs) want that to be true. I do, too. I mean, maybe a ghost will beat it out of him someday. We finally get some ghost punches in this episode. Dude, we get ghost punches. Anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Because I want to get to the part that is truly crazy. Well, they, they go back to the hotel after this, and three more things happen. Two of them are pretty fucking nuts. One of them, I think, is easy to explain. The first thing that happens, they set up GoPro cameras in all the hallways, and then they're surprised when one of them gets knocked off the wall. It's like you just put cameras in a hotel populated by people who I promise you don't trust the police much and probably are going to notice a camera that just pops up in their hallway. So the camera gets knocked off the wall and a bunch of people find it. But then there's this one dude. No, the dude's creepy. He just leans over it and goes, <sighs> that's scary. <laughs> that that was scared weird. me. No, that was weird. And that's weird beyond everything else. Like what that because it gets ripped off the ceiling clearly by a resident. And then the resident takes it into his room and they're everybody's there's two people in the room and they're looking at it and they're like, OK, this is weird. Should we keep it? You can tell they're kind of going through this. But then they decide not to and they take it outside of their room and put it on the ground. And then another resident walks up to the camera, looks directly into it. And exactly like you would think somebody in a found footage movie, a fake movie, he looks in the camera and goes and walks away. Why? Why, Adam? Why does he do that? (laughs) I don't know. That was genuinely weird. One of the creepiest visuals I've ever seen on a paranormal show by leagues. Cause that was fucking spooky. Yeah, it was. Cause the guy's eyes are scary. Like he looks like Gollum. Everything about this guy is scary. <laughs> I would be afraid of this person if I saw him in Denny's and he was on the other side of Denny's. Yeah. Especially if he walked up to you and went, <sighs> Oh, I'd never sleep again. That's a Stephen King book. No. <laughs> Because then I would get thinner and thinner and thinner and then I'd die. And so while all that's happening upstairs, Aaron downstairs does one of my favorite things 
in any ghost hunting show, which is he turns on the grr, grr, grr machine so they can hear some ghost talk. Can we talk about how scary that machine is anyway? Yeah, it's probably scaring the ghosts. That's why they're if talking. If I'm alone in a room and I've got the gargar going, <laughs> I'm freaked out as it is. I'm primed. Yeah, because you know it means you're supposed to hear ghosts talking. And it's starting with gar-gar-gar? Like, not good. Yeah. And Zach starts antagonizing the demon, of course. He goes, well, listen, demon. I know you like to pretend to be a little girl. Let me hear that little girl voice. And granted, they do immediately hear a voice that goes, I'm in control here, which that was weird. It's fucking scary. And then there's the camera controller. Jay, I believe it was, is sitting in the nerve center they've taken to calling it by season 13. We've called it the control room up to this point. And he's sitting there in this camera controller on his desk just slides forward a few inches. It makes no sense. It's creepy as fuck. And you see it happen. But that's not and even the scariest thing that happens. It gets scarier. Yeah. The the scariest thing that happens is, well, for one thing, they all converge in the basement for a bit. And one of the aspects you see of this, not just this ghost, but the ghost in the next episode, too, is it really makes everyone want to kill each other, which makes for lots of fun times in this episode. Yeah, it makes it gets it gets under everybody's skin. But have you have we are you going to get to the part where the lady answers back? Oh, which one? Because they're in the basement and Zach's yelling at ghosts trying to piss people off. And he's like, was that you? And she's like, it wasn't me. It's fucking clear. It really is clear as day. Like, I swear to God, really creepy. Yeah, I think he says that in response to the. Oh, yeah, we're getting there. Never mind. You're right. You're right. To the ceiling fan, because after they have that big blow up in the basement, Jay goes back upstairs to cool off. And by that, I mean, he starts knocking all the shit off his desk. And he's sitting there watching these cameras. And then all of a sudden, this ceiling fan that had been in the basement just slides off a fucking table and crashes to the ground. And here's the thing. It's not even that it slides off because, like, I've helped my family members install a ceiling fan. Those things are really, really, really heavy. And when you see the way it's positioned before it falls, it looks completely secure. It looks like a stupid place to put a ceiling fan and kind of like a sad, trashy spot for it. But it does not look like it uh, in a flimsy space. And and the way it it rolls over and then turns around and falls. Yeah, it like changes direction. Like somebody hit it. It's genuinely fucking creepy. And I, and I don't know how it would happen. Like, OK, like, let's just say you had fishing line attached to it and you wanted to, to, to do it that way. It would have knocked other shit over. Like, the thing that it's on would have been pulled. This thing is, like, forced off. It's fucking weird. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's crazy. It is easily the most interesting thing they've ever captured. Yeah, and that's when they go back down to the basement, and Zach goes, did you do this? And that's when the woman, the the woman's voice goes, it wasn't me. And it's clear I heard it the first, I mean, because, you know, sometimes on this show, they'll be like, where did you leave the sewing kit or whatever? And then they'll, you'll hear like, and then it's like, I left it underneath the bed on the right. And you're like, wait, what? Like, no, this is like the first time watching this show that I have ever heard like an EVP that was clear as day. A woman saying it wasn't me. And everybody in the room heard it because they all react to it too. It's fucking scary. It's so good. And in the midst of all that, 
when they're downstairs hashing out what's just happened with this demon and with this light fixture falling off the shelf, the light above them just turns on. Not cool. It just turns on. And with that, they're like, all right, next episode, we're done. Yeah. And in, in true Ghost Adventures fashion, the episode's over. Yeah, it ends very abruptly. I do want to offer an alternative reality for this episode, which is that all of the people that lived in the hotel were super pissed about what was going on, and they just fucked with everybody. That's the thing. A lot of the things they hear down there, like there's a knock on the door, there's someone, there's like a howling noise, that light comes on, that you're absolutely right, all could have been the residents just fucking with them, which would be an even better story. There actually was a moment, though, that was great where they were in the basement and they heard people fighting outside the door and they opened the door and there's nobody there. And it, and the microphone picked up the fighting. That part was interesting, too. Yeah, that that was that was kind of weird. And then this episode ends with another Bible verse, which is do not be deceived for the laughter of a child may truly be the whisper of a demon. And that is from the book of Zach, chapter 13, verse 12. Zachariah? <laughs> Zach Baggins, baby. Yeah, baby. I mean, as a mom, I think that's probably true. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. And with that, we move on to Goatman's Bridge and Forest. It's the next episode if you're watching on Hulu, but originally it was just the continuation of this episode. And am I crazy? Has every episode of this show opened with a Bible verse? Because this one does too. And I feel like it's the first time I've seen this. Maybe this is just why I started to see him as a de facto like youth group leader. Just there was like a lot of Bible stuff. I feel like that's what helped me realize what he he is. Did you watch um what was the show on HBO? I loved it so much. The Gemstones? Oh yeah. That was great, right? Okay, the, the the um Adam Devine. That character, Zach Bagans. Like it's the same guy. Yeah. They, they definitely have a lot of similarities. That's what I'm getting at. That's what I'm trying to like drill down to here. Like there is this like weird Pentecostal slash evangelical mucho macho weirdness going on. And in this episode specifically, I just want to say I had, I had sent this to Adam earlier, but this episode is like watching toxic masculinity completely cave in on itself. It's so amazing. From the beginning to end. The end of this episode is simultaneously the most fascinating, the scariest, and the funniest thing I've ever seen. This is the first time I've watched this show where I've thought to myself, I hope they don't believe this is what's going on. Because part of the, the thing I enjoy about the show is that these guys seem genuinely stoked and they might be feeding off of each other's energy, but like they're into it. And they don't believe that they're lying. But this episode made me concerned for their mental and and and, and physical well-being for the show continuing. Truly. Yeah. And it it came at the like it came late in the season and this was the season finale. So I imagine people probably watched this and were like, is Zach Baggins going to do this anymore? Because like, we cannot possibly hype up the ending of this episode enough. There's nothing we could say that would prepare people for how this no, episode not, not based on what they claimed happened. No, <laughs> no. So that Bible verse that opens this episode, here it goes. Then shall the king say unto the goats on the left, depart from me, you who are cursed into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. That's Matthew 25, 31 through 41. 
And I think he used that verse because goats are mentioned in this episode. Strong, strong parallels. <laughs> I thought about this because I watched it on Hulu as well. And, and until you sent, it was really weird because I, I had watched this, these two episodes recently. But when you sent it to me and you let me know that this was an originally one episode, what I don't understand is Bible verse at the beginning, DeSoto Hotel, Bible verse, Bible verse at the end of Del DeSoto Hotel, then just another Bible verse. It just seems like a weird formatting thing. I think they split these over like two nights, and that's why they're presented as two episodes on Hulu. Okay, fine. Because, I, I mean, like, if you're watching it all in one swoop, like I rewatched this week. It's a lot of Bible verses. <laughs> as a television producer, I don't understand the decisions being made, I guess is what I'm saying. So. So this one takes place in Denton, Texas, and allegedly this forest is a breeding ground for satanic worshipers who go there to try and conjure a goat man. And I'm going to just say right out of the gate, I have a lot of problems with this haunting story. Here is just one of them. I don't understand why. I don't get it. <laughs> this is a quote It's a from truck stop. This bridge go bridge is nothing. There's no reason for any of this going on. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is Zach Bagans describing the story behind Goatman's Bridge. According to legend, in the 1930s, there was a black man named Oscar Washburn who was a prosperous goat herder. He placed a sign at the foot of the old Alton Bridge that enraged the Ku Klux Klan. In the dark of the night, they lynched Oscar on that very same bridge. When they looked below to survey their bloody work, the goat herder had somehow disappeared. The Klansmen proceeded to burn down his house and butcher his family. There are those who now believe Oscar haunts these woods in a half-man, half-goat form. And so Zach's here to yell at that guy for haunting these woods. Exactly. He's here to yell at the guy who got hung by the KKK for putting a sign on a bridge. Zach's here to go, hey, fucking demon, why are you haunting people? This story gets passed down from Klansmen because that's the only way it could be passed down. There's no, like, bystander that's, like, a neutral, apolitical, unracist person watching this story that right. then sees that the body isn't there. It's just so fucked up. Yeah, and I'm sure when the Klan was passing this story down, they definitely referred to the bridge as Goatman's Bridge and not any other nicknames for it. Yeah, and so, like, we're gonna be upset at the guy who was completely victimized by the Klan? Like, he's the bad guy? I don't think so. Well, that's what is the second weird part about this, because Zach goes from telling that story to interviewing a bunch of people who've interacted with his spirit in the forest, and we find out that the spirit they've interacted with has a name, and that name is Steve. Yeah, your helpful Honda dealer. My landlord is named Steve. You can't be a demon named Steve. No, but you can be a lynchman named Steve. And I made the mental decision at that moment that Steve, the person haunting this bridge, was just an evil racist man. Yeah, 
which is all the more reason to wonder why the story is told as these woods being haunted by the guy who was murdered by the KKK. It's just a weird backstory. These two episodes are a bad combo in that way. It's a weird one to go bounding into the forest, getting ready to yell curse words at a ghost. When you're also going in thinking it's haunted by the ghost of someone who got murdered by the KKK. Not just murdered, lynched. That's a different kind of murder. Lynched and his family was murdered also. So there's that too. So before we even get to the investigation, something pretty weird happens. A woman named Ashley, who as it turns out is Jay's wife. She's also the still photographer on the set. She has a for real freak out and just starts crying. And Zach sits her down on the bus and she says she wants to commit an act of violence against Zach, which honestly, that could be anything. They blame it on the ghosts, but yeah, who knows what he did to bring that on. And so they cut from that and then they come back the next day and she still looks like she wants to murder Zach. And I'm so fucking here for it. It's such a fun turn. She, first of all, who is she? Like, I, I don't, I, I, I mean, like, I know who she is, but she really does come in out of nowhere. Yeah, it was almost like they were trying to introduce a new character on a sitcom. Yeah, this is like the, the weird cousin on the Brady Bunch, for sure. Because she has this freak out and then comes back the next day and wants to be part of the investigation. So they start the investigation and she just wanders into the woods like that. They strap a camera to her, give her a kick in the tailbone and just send her meandering into the woods. Cause she seems like she's in the right kind of mind space for that. And because everyone hates Billy, he gets sent off by himself on a pontoon. No, not even a pontoon. It's like, it's like the only way I would get into the watercraft that this guy gets into is if you told me it's this or you die. The only way I'd get in that boat is if it was on a swimming pool. Yeah, not the murky, weird waters of some Texas backwater river situation. And the funny thing is, is as he's getting into the boat, Zach is... So Billy's getting into the boat in the background and Zach is giving an interview to the camera and he's like, I really worry about Billy because, you know, uh, it's not only supernatural forces that have been said to, ha- to, to, to create problems in these woods. It's also satanic worshipers. Anything can happen. And then, like, Billy falls into the boat. And then you can see Zach just get angry. And he's like, this is the kind of thing I'm worried about. Like, what if this happens if he's three miles away and out of range? Caitlin, I'm telling you, they fucking hate Billy. It's like, oh, Fucking Billy fell in the boat, of course. Spoiler alert, nothing is gained from Billy being in this boat whatsoever. That's because they don't even give him anything to do. They're like, hey, get in the boat and look at the shore with binoculars. (laughs) What? (laughs) Like, go that way and then come back. That's like what they tell him to do. Does Billy have some weird, like, white supremacist emails from them that he's just holding? Because, like, they give him weird, like, why is Billy on the show? Because they, I would say, I would say like, oh, he does the stuff they don't want to do, but he does pointless things. Yeah, they're just like, r- fucking run that way. It's like, like when you're a, a, a sibling and your little brother yeah. is around. His name's Billy. What kind of adult calls themselves Billy? <laughs> yeah, there's that too. He called the cops on ghosts. He called the cops on ghosts and or Mexicans. It's worse because he thinks they're ghosts. <laughs> 
I hope he thought they were goats. It's not worse. It's not worse. I'm taking that back. But it's dumber because he thinks it's ghosts. Yes. Who are you going to call? The cops. No. That's not how it goes, Billy. No, call Zach Bagans. Like, if you have his phone number and you see a ghost, listen, if I had Zach Bagans' phone number and I saw a ghost, you better fucking believe I would call Zach Bagans. Yeah, like, I have bad news for Billy. The answer to who you're going to call in that situation is you, Billy. You are the Ghostbusters. <laughs> it's your job. Yeah, who watches the ghost? Who hunts the ghost hunters? <laughs> what a dork. So, yeah, they have him on this, like, weird, like, carnival raft like with like a lawnmower mo like motor attached to it just, like going down this dumb river he just goes away they just send him away and then the last three the final three go on they're they're watching ashley yeah that's right they don't do anything they're just in their like rock star van they're like giant tour bus and they're like hey this girl already was sort of possessed by the this bridge goat guy i know what we're going to do is we're going to send her out into the woods alone, the same woods that a minute ago I was saying was not only infested with ghosts, but also evil satanic people. <laughs> same, same forest. And then I'm going to reward her off camera by saying she is undoubtedly one of the bravest women I've ever met. Not people, just women. And then this woman gets walloped by a fucking demon. <laughs> Well, she was giving it the, she, she goes out there and she starts giving it the old Zach Baggins. Yeah, she's yelling. Well, what she does is she's giving it the Jennifer Love Hewitt from I Know What You Did Last Summer. She's like, where are you? I knew that you're there. Come at me. And then the ghost fucking punches her in the face. <laughs> Literally punches her in the head. <laughs> punches her in the head, like by, an, by the orbital of her eye. She comes back to talk to the dudes and sure as fuck. They put the camera on her and she has a huge welt on right by her eye. But before that happens, one of the craziest moments from this episode, it's when the real world comes crashing back into scene. Billy, when he's out on the water at one point is like, all right, fuck that. What am I doing? I'm just going to turn around. And as soon as he turns around, they hear a fucking gunshot. Oh, well, yeah. People are just firing guns in the air. That's Texas, though. And Zach says, as we have the local police department securing a large perimeter around this forest, we are very curious to know where this unexplained gunshot came from. Well, he probably came from the police. Probably pulled someone over while they were protecting your ghost forest and uh, probably shot him. I don't know much about small towns, <laughs> but I do know that if if people caught wind that there was a ghost hunting troop in a haunted forest in their town, people are going to fuck with them. There's just no question. Yeah, if I saw Billy floating down the creek and I happened to be over there on the on the shore, I might fire a gun in the air just to freak him out a little bit. You can like almost hear like as he's like It's like like nothing's happening and he's just like flashing a fl he looks like the scary funeral guy in the haunted mansion at disneyland he's just got his little flashlight and it's like wiggling with fear like hello ghost what's the plan here billy <laughs> he also says i have to go back because my boat is taking on water that thing <laughs> is made out of tinfoil they were trying to kill billy because everyone hates billy it's obvious they're trying yeah you're right they're trying to kill him and she comes back to the bus 
And like we mentioned, she's got a big ass welt on her head. They do have footage of her getting hit when she falls. Yeah. It's crazy looking. Yeah, she really she really biffs it. She goes down. Down ghost Frazier. <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> Thank you. Because it's like down ghost Frazier, the famous from the uh, <laughs> These listeners are lucky. That was good. We are on fire. We are cooking with gas. Cooking with gas, guys. Look out. Look out. So Ashley quits the show just because she got punched in the head by one ghost. Quitter. Which, how fucking misogynist are ghosts that for 13 seasons, Zach Baggins doesn't take one punch. And the minute a woman pipes up in the forest, the ghosts are Ah, like, fuck He does go cross-eyed blind when he buys that demon house. That's true. Also, what? what the, no, that wasn't a goat. That was a bull, right? It's a horned animal. Yeah, I think that was a goat demon, too, that blinded Zach They're all Zach goat Baggins. demons. They're all goat demons. I don't know why goats get that such a bad rap, because they're real stupid, and if you hear them scream, it's probably the funniest sound in the world. They love I to love have fun. I love that YouTube video of them screaming. Ah! Like, it's so great, but I don't know. Goats are not are no bueno in the in the in the Western biblical context. Yeah, goats they just like to have fun. They taste great on a taco. I don't know why they're so demonized, Caitlin. Whoa, whoa! Oh, <laughs> oh my god, that was yeah, that was a hot take. Real funny. Thank you. So Ashley quits the show over all of this, which feels appropriate. The other four head to an entrance to the forest and a spider crawls on Zach's neck. And one, it does look like a terrifying jungle spider. Oh, it's huge. I mean, it's it's like silver dollar kind of like big fucking spider. But then his quote about it is, as we entered the gate of the forest, a spider went for my jugular. And it's like spiders don't do that. That's not the spider went right for its drug jugular. It was almost as if the forest was trying to keep us from going through the gateway. <laughs> He's such a he lives in such a magical world, Adam. Can you imagine a magical world where your jugular vein is on the other side of your neck? <laughs> where your jugular vein is understood and located by a spider. The spider knows. They do on the way into this forest, though. There's that set of eyes that they see, which... Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. That's very creepy looking. Even if that's an animal, that's a problem. Well, it's not an animal because it's 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 two eyes that are on the... That are set front. Like, it, that's not a wolf. Like, it... I, I'm not a wilderness expert, but I do know, I understand the construct of certain faces and they have a human setup. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't have the, the, the vocabulary to say this eloquently, but like, that's, that's not what wolf eyes are situated like. Yeah. If it was an animal, it was gigantic because those eyes were yeah. really far apart. Yeah. It would have to be a bear which would not have been missed five minutes later while they're walking through the same space. Yeah, and even then, bears have that like that face where like their heads grow, but their face just stays in that little compact spot, like the kid from The Sixth Sense, like how he looks now, where his head's been growing, but his face still looks like the kid from The Sixth Sense. Yeah, it's like a chia pet where the rest of your head's growing, but your eyes are staying in the same spot. Exactly. So those eyes they see are creepy, a lot of the stuff in this episode, or these two episodes, I get why this is the most popular episode. Because even from that standpoint, there's a lot of genuinely unnerving shit in this episode. Yeah, but... But Jay decides to read an ancient text to banish this demon. How the fuck does he get this text, Adam? Where did he get it? 
There's no source. I would just like to remind everyone that this demon they're trying to banish is named Steve. Steve. Which is still all-time worst demon name. I hope he had a cool name on Earth and then got to hell. And they were like, hey, that cool name of yours, Steve now. Yeah, because we before we even get into the investigation, they interview three separate people that all basically say, oh, we were talking to Steve. All of them. They do they do corroborate that the name is Steve. Right. But I don't know why we attach it to this goat herder guy whose name could not have been Steve. No, no. And they, they kind of clarify it later. But they when they do this, like you said, where did this ancient text come from? They're so quick. They repeatedly are like, this is not satanic. And it's like, well, what the fuck is it? Yeah, just tell us what it is. It's, but it's not anything. It's I could have written this. It's a prayer request. This is like asking them to go away. So they ask, they, they do this ritual and they ask who was responsible for what happened on the bridge. And uh, guess what name they get? Steve. Yeah, it does come up on the little thingy. Yeah. Whatever the fuck the thingy is. They ask if Steve liked what happened on the bridge. And the response they got was, he might, which I'd be like, okay, thanks. Uh, you've Ladies been great. And that is it. We are uh, going home. Thank you so much. Gonna Just going to head to a Whataburger since I'm in Texas. Don't get those a lot in California. Thank you, Steve. Have a good night. Nope. They double down. <laughs> but instead, like at this point, Zach and Aaron try to leave. They're, they are genuinely unnerved. Everyone is getting worked up into this frenzy where they want to murder each other. But they insist that Jay has to finish this ritual or there will be very bad repercussions. So who gets nominated to stay behind with Jay while he finishes this <laughs> ritual? Billy, of course. Billy. Because no one fucking likes Billy. He'll fucking deal with Steve. It's fine. Steve and Jay. And eventually he quits the ritual early and everyone reconvenes on the bridge. And we talked about Ashley getting punched by a ghost. All hell breaks loose at this point. <laughs> like, that's not an exaggeration. Yeah, the the final couple minutes of this, it's like the last few minutes of uncut gems or something. It's so much. It just really spirals out of control. It's really like the fast. end of Blair Witch Project. Like you're going through this yeah. thing and then so much happens in like three or four minutes. The first thing that happens is they're walking and Aaron is a few yards up ahead and of them. Th and this is right after they're all angry at each other because Steve right. the demon made them all mad and they're all arguing and and Zach is like, I, I have to get on the bridge. I have to walk away from this. I have to move on. He walks on the bridge and walks over the flame that's going on in the ritual below the... the and this is interesting because they do capture this. As he walks over where they're doing the ritual, the flame goes out and then comes back on. <laughs> yep. That definitely happens. And that's what makes Billy and Jay quit the ritual and meet them at the top of the bridge. I, I just, I wanted to come back to that because again, this is all happening in like five to 10, not even 10 minutes. Like it's happening very quickly. Yeah. This is like the last four minutes of the show. They, they get back up to the bridge and Aaron is walking a few yards ahead of them. And all of a sudden just gets thrown to the ground. Well, he screams and they walk up and he is fucked up on the ground. He is. He's fucked up on the ground. He gets up and starts like elbowing at Zach like he wants to fight him. With his elbows. 
elbow fight. And they finally, what he says happened is he was looking off to the side of the woods and something just pushed him back. And you can tell, like, he went to the ground really fucking, he's bleeding. Yeah. His shirt's ripped. Like. He got walloped. And it was the same entrance where they saw those two eyes that he got pushed. Yeah. In the same forest where Ashley got punched in the head. He got demon pushed. Now Aaron gets demon pushed. And this becomes a whole thing. Like, they spend a couple of minutes on him recovering and trying to get his wits about him. And at this point, one of two things happens. Either Zach Baggins is uncomfortable with all the attention Aaron is getting and decides to act out, or Zach Baggins is attacked by a demon that makes him strangle himself. I really really struggled with this. Because you and I, you and I had this, we have not discussed this yet, but we had this, <laughs> we had the same thought. <laughs> you mean that he, he just wasn't getting enough attention? Yeah. That's how it seemed. It seemed like something a kid would do when they're in a room and the like, other Like hold kids your breath are- until people like talk to you until you, like truly, because the look on his face, like he starts choking himself and his friends are like, Zach, no. Don't do it, man. Don't do it. And then they're like jumping on top of him and trying to keep him from choking himself. And the thing the thing about it is like it's not congruent with any of the other accounts of other people that had with this ghost. Every other person that's like that's met Steve has been smacked or thrown. Nobody's been choked by themselves. No. And it it really did feel like he was like, oh, shit, something for real just happened. I got to get in on this. Yeah, because what's his name? Methy guy. I can't ever think of his name. Got really, like, really got fucked up. Like, it is interesting. Like, because they do talk about, like, from where they found him to where his flashlight was, there's, like, a 10 to 15, like, 15 to 10 foot, like, gap. Yeah. The guy got thrown. I mean, whatever. In asterisks. There is wreckage on the ground. Yeah, and everybody turns and looks at the same time, too. They capture everybody reacting to the sound of him being thrown and they're all attending to him. And then Zach starts choking himself. <laughs> and at first he's just standing there doing it and no one's really saying anything. And then finally uh, Aaron is like, dude, are you all right? Yeah. And Zach not only starts strangling himself harder, he starts sobbing. He starts crying uncontrollably. And like, I'm going to, edit in a clip of it so because people need to hear how he sounds in this moment so here that goes i swear to god i just saw in, in my brain or there it wasn't that's why i saw behind it was like a really tall yeah. figure right Dude, that's it's hard behind it. oh, i'm losing all my energy man all right. so i had all that energy and now i'm losing it i'm gonna black out bro Oh God! Why are you just, what are you doing? Like, no! Stop! Stop, Zach! Stop! Stop! stop. Let go of yourself. <laughs> let go of your hand. Let go of your neck. Stop! Let go of your Zach! Let go of your neck. Stop it, Zach! Zach, stop, bro! Bro, stop! 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 stop. Go over there, Zach! Let go of your neck. Oh, help me, Bill. Zach, let go of your neck. He's not letting go. Bro, stop, stop, stop. Hey, 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 Zach, stop, stop. Jay, Zach, Zach, it's Jay. Stop. Zach. And we're back. My God, I love this episode so much. It's like, 
That's what he sounds like. This is Ghost Adventures. And then the episode ends. It just ends. Just ends. There's no like processing from him. There's no like this episode is the shows. All of the episodes are weird. It's like exposition, 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 climax, end. There's no denouement ever, ever. It's so abrupt. Because I don't think he can explain what's going on. And that's what I want. I want like a post-game interview where Zach's sitting at a conference table addressing the media. And they're like, what the fuck was that, dude? Yeah. And it's like, and he's like, well, you know, you just got to go out there and give it your all. You know, you go into it, you practice, you practice, but you never know what the other team's going to throw at you. And sometimes they literally throw you. Leave it all in the forest, you know? Honestly, it seemed disingenuous. <laughs> you think? Well, sometimes it doesn't with him. But with this one, it was like, dude, you actually just got something with your friend who was thrown by a demon. Because let me tell you something, man. When you and I are finally ghost hunting, if one of us gets thrown by a demon, that is the end of the episode. Yeah, because we're going to have to fucking high five after. <laughs> We got to take time out to celebrate. You kidding me? I get thrown by a demon. Oh, yeah, yeah. We are going to get pizza. And we catch it on camera. We're going to rouse after that. That's great. Oh, yeah. That's a that's a rouse night for sure. Because, you know, rouse is haunted. It's so fucking old. That is a eight dollar pasta sauce jar night for sure. It is the only pasta sauce that keeps selling out at my it's local grocery so store. so good. It's so good. It's oh, honestly like you can't go wrong with rouse. Like, they're the unofficial sponsor, Like, but truly, it's the best pasta sauce I've ever purchased in my life, ever. We, we got to get them to sponsor us. We got to just, like, go when COVID's over. Can we be their first uh, customers? Maybe that's what we need to start angling for. Yeah, let's do a live pod there in 2023 when Los Angeles reopens. And I have two kids because I've been bored. <laughs> just pop out two kids. In the middle of everything. Oh, uh, so that is the abrupt ending to this episode. I yeah, think. we don't, we, we have nothing. We can't, I don't know. You have to, you guys, you have to see it because it's one of the weirdest things I've ever seen on reality television. Him choking himself is very uncomfortable. It is the kind of thing that is, again, impossible to put into words. Like you have to, this is season 13. It's literally the last episode available on Hulu. I just watched it. Oh so. yeah. Episode 12 and 13 of season 13. Go watch it and just buckle up for that ending. It is a roller coaster. Yeah. Cause we can't oversell it. It's not possible. No. It's the weirdest looking set of reactions I've ever seen in my life. It's such, it looks like he just panicked and was like, the ghosts aren't doing anything to me. I have to do something. Well, and the other thing that's really like fucked up is like, I'm watching this and I'm like, this is just what the devil wants. They just want me to think that I'm imagining that he's imagining. Like, it's so weird. It's such a mind game, right? Because then I come <laughs> out really of it. Is. I'm like, no, Caitlin, you're a fucking idiot. He's an attention whore. Like, that's not what this is. <laughs> but as you're watching it, you're still, I guess, rooting for him to be actually choked by a demon. Like, it's such a strange space to be in as a fan. Yeah, you want it for him. You want him to have been choked by a demon. He'd be so happy. He would. Also, like, to his credit, he was cross-eyed blind by the, the other goat demon the last time, and he's still in the game. Yeah, he's a veteran of the Ghost Wars. I love Demon House so much. I did, too. That's so great. 
So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna suggest a different kind of paranormal show the next time we do some bone con because I, I got I, and there it'll be available it'll be like either Hulu or Amazon or something but I have a couple different things I want to toy around with that I want to suggest that we do next time. Nice. Because I don't know how we're going to fucking top. I mean, as far as like the Zach Bagans like category, what do we do? Yeah. I mean, there's a couple more episodes that are worth talking about. I mean, I about. have other episodes that I think are actually scarier than the uh, these two that we saw, like scarier. Not like the fan is a pretty incredible piece of footage. I don't know how you explain that fan um, other than he's completely lying, which whatever. Yeah, I, I'll, th- I'll, I'll toss you a couple ideas, but I, I've got some ideas. Cool. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Until then, we should probably wrap this up. Yep. Do uh do we have anything to plug? I'm not dead. Yeah, we're not dead. We're still alive. The podcast is still going. Everyone's healthy. Hey, talk to me on Twitter at Bossy Matilda, or you can find me on Instagram at Caitlin Rosecut. Follow me on Twitter at Adam Todd Brown and on Instagram at Adam Todd Brown. Follow the network at Unpops. Follow this show. On Twitter, at Pretty Scary Boo, and I think we're going to set up an Instagram soon, too, right? Yeah, totally. So, Bolo, be on the lookout for that. And uh, I think that's it. That's it. Let's get out of here. Caitlin, say goodbye. Bye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you.